God will not be okay with that. Because it says in that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Remember how it tells he didn't really want lukewarm? Wish that you were either hot or cold. But why is it so hard for some to believe that God exists? And I, I found something when I was doing this and I thought, well, I reckon you could take this out of shape any way you want to. But it's still... Colossians 1.15, who is an image of the invisible God. Now things that you can't see, feel, or touch, you act like they don't exist. I cannot touch that light on my hand, but it exists, doesn't it? The things that God has made exist, but this says the firstborn of every creature. No man has seen God. We've seen his handiwork, We'll get to that in just a John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Everything we know about truth is in the Bible. Man seems to believe that only those items he can touch are real. Not so. Now, granted, we can touch trees, we can touch a lot of things. But Psalms 19, 1, the heaven declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. You ever take thought of how carefully things were made? You know, you look at just the different types of soil. You got sand, you got silk, you got clay. Just the different types. And you, they're all good for their purpose. But how do I know that God's handiwork is something that I can know for a fact. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Whatever it needs to be. So, how is this important? Look at Mark 1, 1. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's declared, we know about where it talks about that Jesus was on this wise, his, his birth was on this wise. But all we have is what's in the Bible. And it's true. If you can't get past understanding, thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. This will come back up here in just a moment, I think. But for another comment. And I plagiarized them things from last week because things that just it come out of nowhere you think ask a question it was right there in front of you Acts 1 1 the former treaties have I made O Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and teach you connect those two and it's the life of Jesus doing and teaching even though this verse that I'm going to use in Matthew 5 1 does not actually record such as anyway it shows that he was set Matthew 5 1 and seeing the multitudes he went up into the mountain and he was when he was set nothing hurried nothing out of sync and when he was set his disciples came to him and you know what starting Matthew 5 6 to 7 the sermon on the mount what great teachings that they had and again those teachings Thy word is true. 
And in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You can't know it just by sleeping on it. You need to read it, study it, obey it. <clears throat> the Bible saying here you shall know the truth, that same truth word will make you free. Well, free from what? Look at John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word. Now we're starting to get into things that will show you what you have to do about salvation. Then are you my disciples? All right, first thing. Do you continue in God's word or not? If you like making a flow chart, if you get this, then you pick one of those and pick this, pick one of those. This verse just before God's word tells us that we know the truth, tells us if we continue, we are disciples. So by that I can say, if you do not continue, you are not. If one has escaped the truth, left or refused to be converted to God's commandments, he cannot be free. That is to be free from sin. And look at Revelation 2.7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of garden. You notice it's always right or wrong. If right, if wrong. God's order has to be accepted. But there is work to do before one can claim to be saved and we'll go through at the end sign of salvation, but we're going to cover some other of it too. Look at Ephesians 1, 20-23 which he wrought in Christ that he, here is God when he raised him from the dead and set him which is Christ at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also that which has come and put up all things under his feet and gave him, that's Christ, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. The church is the church that Christ built, Matthew 16, 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My church. The words, those two connected, are only used once in the New Testament according to the PowerPoint Bible that I have. Yet many people misuse the term, I'll go to my church. Man didn't build it. Christ built it. It has a name. Look at 1 Peter 2 9. There's something different. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, I think about if I live in darkness, then I can't say that. If I live in that light, should say about the word children. I think about picky people. You know, I like to work for picky people because they don't change their mind. They love it. 
They're not always making change orders. They do it one way. And what is that way? John 4, 24. God is a spirit, and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We have to do those things. I don't know if you'll be able to see this next slide. I had to print it small to get it on there. 1 Corinthians 11, 23-28 For I received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Think about who you remember. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Think about the progression of time. Wherefore, whosoever eateth this bread, drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the blood and body of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Well, think about the Lord's Supper. And it just happened that I saw a sign this morning as we come here. It says, Thursday is the new Sunday. Well, it's not. There is only one first day of the week. But this describes the Lord's Supper, which few will argue about what you do. But the same Bible that tells what the Lord's Supper is tells us the only time the Lord's Supper is to be taken. Frank read some of these a moment ago. Anyway, Acts 20, verse 7, and the first day of the week, how many first days are there? How many first anything is? There's always just one first. Well, how many weeks are in a year? So that's the time. When the disciples came together to break bread, and you notice here too, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, continue to his speech until midnight. Now we can have lessons and teaching, if you will, any day. But you notice it said to break bread. All right, well, let's add a little more to it. Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. So we'll cover some more acts. But to be a Christian, one cannot choose any other day of the week other than Sunday, the first day of the week, and expect God to accept it. So there's another. Either check, yes, no. Just any whole day as man would want to choose is not accepted. Jude 1 3. Why? Behold, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. That's a word salvation, isn't it? We all have to participate the same. It was enabled for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. So there's only one of those. Which was once delivered to the saints. We're not going to get any other revelation. The Bible's always had. Now we do have a job of things on what to do with this. 
First Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22. I don't know why. Right. Prove all things. That's what we had about. Turn those pages. I noticed Ben, he had lost his sword and I noticed he had it back. I have a black Bible that's pretty ragged. I've had it years and years. I've nearly got most of it underlined because if I've used something, I'll highlight it so I can see it. But hold fast, that's which is good. But abstaining from all appearance of evil. You can't even get next to it to say, well, I can withstand it. When you are tempting yourself with temptation, don't you think that maybe you're tempting God to see how far you can push him? But look at Hebrews 12, 25. See that you refuse not him to speak. And I'm saying the word speaks to us by reading and understanding. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, and also remember this things are written. <clears throat> Where Jesus was set and then he started the sermon on the mount. Much more shall not we escape, but we start refusing. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, you know, you think about the ones that have decided I'll just go it on my own. This is like a great pause here. A great thought. A worse punishment awaits those who refuse to hear God's word of salvation. And possibly even worse for those that turn back into the world, leaving behind being God's faithful servant. 2 John 1 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. And that's real plain. Mark it off. And if I ask my question, do I know I'm saved? If I don't abide in the doctrine, if I don't have God, how can I even think that I can be saved? Now, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Just a greater gulf would be fixed between Lazarus and the rich man. A clear distinction is of those that abide in the doctrine of Christ, the saved, and those that abide not in Christ, the lost, and they will not be co-mingled. It will be one or the other. <clears throat> Second Thessalonians 1 6. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation of them that trouble you. Now, we can't determine ourselves what recompense others are that trouble us. In fact, we probably shouldn't waste our time thinking about it because they'll never think about it. But unto you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. You think about the day of judgment. It's coming. It will not miss a one of us. 
but in flaming fire take vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Here's another check for you if it's another. Destruction coming. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? Have you ever really thought about if you've obeyed the gospel and you go back into the world? You know, you get to, if you will, walk with, be agreed with God's word, and then you just throw it away. And some people, and I know at least one that did this, they take a little knife and they didn't like that in the Bible. So they cut that verse out. Do you think on that day of judgment that verse is going to be missing? No. Well, verse 10 says, When he shall come to be glorified in who? His saints. And to be admired in all them believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Why do fire? For those that did not live with you. Second Peter 2, 18 through 21. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they're lured through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought in bondage. For, and an underlying part of it, bolded part of it, and not for reason. For if, after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again in time. We used to have to build things and you get it all stretched and you it pulled tight and all of a sudden your crowbar slips and you're touching it when it goes through your hand it just cuts it all to pieces now think about if you could look at your soul if you could actually make an image of how something could be shredded when you're entangled in and overcome about that the latter end is worse than the beginning you go from a tight straight line of that wire to a tangled mess you ever try to tangle untangle barbed wire when it's come through and cold back up how about your life for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment to live to them and I'm not in any wise trying to say this verse is going to let those that don't know get by. That will not happen. Those led away from God by men using flattery words, man traditions, and all false teaching. You realize those traditions, those false teachings, those men that lead Christians away, it's not talking what's going to happen to them. This is what's going to happen to the one that gets led away or never obeys. That punishment will be on them. 
But after obeying the gospel, received the most harsh punishment. You think of the rich man in torment. Now he could remember, couldn't he? Therefore, I draw the conclusion that those in torment can remember what they could have had or had and how at the end they gave it away. Gave it away by just not continuing in or not starting. Look at Isaiah 38, 16 through 19. O Lord, by these men, O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things in the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live? We'll all die in this world. But think about, really, we will never die in a sense that our soul will go on in torment or will have a good life in heaven. Behold, for peace, I had great bitterness. We'll travel through this life but once. Sometimes it's hard. But we can always remember all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and to are called according to his purpose. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. Gave his only begotten son. Give us a, if you will, a fighting chance. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. You know, when we clear our slate and serve God, he doesn't remember our sins against us anymore. Now the consequences that we bring upon ourselves and we can't forget. But look at this verse 18. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, they that go down to the pit cannot hope for thy truth. So whatever has to be done to correct life for eternal life has to be did while alive. The living, the living he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. Young people, when you have children, make sure to train them up in the way they should go and hope that you can separate them from evil companions and they will not go away from them. However, once in the grave, there's no hope for correcting him in sin. One who dies in Christ will never die spiritually. 1 John 1, 5-7 This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. And if you notice in that song, the last miles away, at the top of it, it made mention of 
of Paul when he says, I've finished the course, I've kept the faith. But also, you think about those, because of what we did, about an empty mansion. John 14, 1 through 4, where it's talking about in my Father's house are many mansions. But when you're trying to think about it, I want to make sure I'm in that column of salvation and not in that there. And I'm asking a stranger, do you think I'm saved? Well, think about these next few verses. First John 1, 8 and 10. I've left 9 out. We'll see it again, I believe. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. Remember, all the sin that comes short of the glory of God. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So if we want to deceive ourselves because his word is not in us, we can. God will not make us do anything. But even all the time I taught school, I told my students, I can't make you do anything, but I could probably make you wish you did it a thousand times over. And think about that rich man in torment. How many times that was circled through his mind. But look at Ephesians 3, 2 through 4. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, Look at this in the Bible. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote before in a few words. Whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. We read it and understand it. Reading and understanding is essential. And the word of God has to be separate and apart from traditions of men and man's ways. Why does that have to be so? John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciple? Indeed. And he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We talked about that earlier. But now look at this. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 23. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came man, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his order, Christ the first fruits, and after they that are Christ at his coming. Any person, I hope, when honest with oneself, can determine whether they are going to be alive with Christ, or as it was said about the rich man. You look at Luke 16, 19 through 24, essentially what he, he died, says earlier he was buried, he lifted up his eyes and come Look at 2 Peter 3, 9 through 14. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, 
We know that God's promises are true because he can't lie. As some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering to us. I know he's been long-suffering with me and probably with everyone because we don't always do it the way he wants. And I'm grateful that he is. Give blessings to the just and unjust because at some point in time all of us were lost. But it says here, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We need to always think about repentance daily, not just once. But think about time growing short. So when you were deciding. Are we saved? Are we lost? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Remember earlier we talked about once we're dead, there's nothing we can do. We don't know when that moment will be. And the earth also and the work therein shall be burned up. That's us. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? So what are we going to be? In all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervor heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth. Again, Back to my, my father's house or me mansion. Wherein dwelleth for righteousness. Where, wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, uh, enlarge this a little bit. Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot. And you know, when we haven't obeyed the gospel, then we've not started. If we've obeyed the gospel and went back, our punishment is going to be terrible. You remember back, I left out on 1 John 1 9, because it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if I want to be there, found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, I confess my sins as it's known, and conclude them correctly by doing what God has told me to do. But by one obeying the gospel, one can be included and have those Sins cleansed because we're baptized for the remission of sins. If we walk in the light as his in the light, his blood continually washes us. If we're truthful with ourselves, we will know which side, if you will, eternity will be on. It'll never be a gray area. We either obey or we have no faith. We remain faithful or we refuse to remain faithful. 
And on that day of judgment, there will be no partiality. We will be determined by our actions, whether they be good or bad. But the plan of salvation, it never changes. Hear the word of God, Romans 10, 17, so that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Believe God's word we used it earlier, Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is the reward of them that does seek him. That God doesn't waste faith in his word. He tells us a couple of times in different places things that are more than one. But repent of past sins, Luke 13, 3. I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. It repeats it again in verse 5. You know, you think about also when it says verily, verily, or truly, truly. Something is there you must do. And confess that Jesus is the Son of God. You think about the words that are written. John 20, 31. But these are written that you might believe. What are we trying to believe? These words in this Bible that contains the words to eternal life. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Not of our own. There's plan. You know, I'll, I'll say, I'll make a plan and work a plan. But God's made a plan. I've got to work that order. And be baptized. First Peter 3 20, the light of people where that even baptism does now save us. Not the putting away the filth of flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a great price we've been bought by. But then for those that have obeyed the gospel, because right along with that would have gone the last mile of the way. 2 Timothy 4, 7, and verse 8 also, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Now, if we get to proclaim that at the end of our last mile, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And where will it come from? Which the Lord, the righteous judge, be no mistake, shall give me at that day, and not to me only. And this is what is so looked forward to. But to all them also that love his appearance. People that will love God, we surely want to do what He wants. And if we do what He wants, we can certainly say, for we have wept that last mile. I know where my salvation has led me, and I know that if I do not fail, I will have that home in heaven. But if any need to obey the gospel or return, and confess that sin has been made because it has, and has prayer still on your behalf, then this day, 
Paul will know which part of eternity life will be spent. And please remember, it does not end at death. It's separate. And it goes as far from each other as the east from the west. One into paradise and heaven, the other into torment. So choose wisely. Choose this day who you will follow. Will you follow God or will you follow what you're doing if not following God? But any that need to obey the gospel or have prayer said, return, make it done now, and come forward as we stand and sing the song of Christ.